RadioInfluence.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the A Place for My Head podcast. He is Brandon Thompson. My name is Jerry P. Tuck. And frankly, I think the two of us owe you guys a huge apology. And, you know, we said last episode that we may end up taking a couple weeks off because, you know, there was just a lot of scheduling conflicts coming up. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, two weeks turned into almost four. And that was never our intention. That was never in the cards when we were planning things out. It just kind of happened that way. And, uh, you know, on behalf of Brandon, I want to apologize to you guys. Um, you know, we, we've done everything we could to try to get our schedules together. And, you know, the last three and a half, four weeks have just been crazier than, than squirrel shit in both of our worlds. And, uh, you know, Brandon, uh, I'll let him spill the beans on what's been going on with him. But, you know, I had mentioned, uh, you know, in the last episode that I was going out of town for, you know, eight days for a family wedding and you know then we got back it's just been a the, the biggest fluster flub ever so you know i i apologize but brandon you've got some news finally true, we've true. been talking about it we've been alluding true. to it true well well first of all i, w- I want to apologize as well because Nothing is uh, is more disappointing to me than missing, you know, missing this show, this weekly show uh, to talk to everybody and talk to you and talk to our kick ass guests when we have them and stuff like that. So um, to say that, you know, uh, we were busy and life was crazy and changes and life changes and all that kind of stuff was, you know, was or was not going on. Um, you know, kind of is an understatement because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like to miss this show. Yeah. And, and um, I don't, and I don't want anybody to think that we don't take this seriously because we certainly do, but you know, it, yeah, it's uh, fucking painful in my opinion. Like I, I'm like, it's painful. I, I look forward to this every single week and to not do it for four weeks in a row. It's like, fuck, right. You know, if, yeah. You know, if, if we miss a week, it's like, okay, Hey, you know, life happens. It's okay. But for for such a prolonged absence like that, you know, you, you guys would have to understand for us to miss that amount of time. There's been a lot of shit going on. Oh. Uh, so so before we get into some of that, Brandon, tell everybody the good news. Well, the barbershop. Wait, wait, it, wait, wait. Oh, oh what? Huh? huh? This is the my modified. This is my modified drum roll. <laughs> it's like watch. Oh man, I'm not gonna make a re- movie reference. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> the barbershop is open so hot damn it's about time hot damn yeah it is it's open for business man and Beautiful. it has been fun and it is good uh the barbers are amazing uh the chemistry between all of them and clientele is, is fantastic um they're starting to learn real quick that i hate the word boss and uh, we're all just having fun, man. It is, it's taken six months, uh, to put this thing together. Uh, and it's, it hasn't been just me, man. It's been a lot of people. Um, uh, I may look like a one man band kind of thing, but it's, it's, it's taken a village to make it happen. Um, and you know, I've been, I've been, I've been wearing several hats and stuff like that, but nonetheless, man, it's been a, it's been a a village to make this happen and I couldn't be happier. We're two weeks in, we opened up on labor day. I thought that was insanely fitting considering all the shit we ran into to work on labor day. So that was our day opening. 
Um, and you know, things are, that day was amazing. Uh, we had appointments booked before, uh, before we even opened and we've had nothing but positive feedback and, uh, it's, it's only getting better. Um, I mean, we have eight kick ass barbers and, uh, they're amazing. And my assistant managers are, are, are also equally as amazing. And I couldn't be more grateful for the situation I'm in right now. And, it's really cool to plan this for so long and have a vision and actually see it come to light in, in, in more of a way than you ever imagined. Um, I, you know, I had this, this, this thought has been in my head for so long and to work so hard at it. And uh, the things that I wanted most was, you know, employees and barbers and stuff like that to hit the door and want to be there and be proud of the brand and be proud of everything going, you know, going on with the business and get excited about it. And that it actually, it happened. It came to fruition and it's, it's one of the most amazing feelings ever um, to see people walk into the, to, to the shop and be like, Holy shit, this is so different. Cause that was, that was what I wanted. I couldn't just open a barbershop in the, in the place that, it, that it's at right now and, and, and expect to be successful. So this is like, I've told many people, this is my ride or die, my end all be all. So I got to give everything I have and I pretty much have, including my soul. Yeah. Uh, and maybe left nut, but it's awesome. Yeah. Very yeah, awesome. Start a sp- yeah. Yeah. I can speak from experience here. Starting a business <laughs> from scratch is not easy. No. Running a business is not easy because there are so many little things that you have no idea will pop up that pop up. And you know, the, that's, uh, that's what you've been dealing with the last couple of weeks. And I'm so proud of you for, for putting your Thank shoulder you. down and plowing through it. And you know, because it it's hard, man, it's that's really a, hard. Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing, man, like putting your shoulder down and plowing through it is exactly right. Because there was a bunch of negativity around me the entire time, whether it be COVID or, money or, uh, you know, tragedy or anything for that matter that can hinder the process of getting to where you need to be. Like it was, we were supposed to be open in June, 90 day build out. And I took me six months and I opened up in September. So, uh, you know, adversity is, 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 is a light word for the situation that I went through. I mean, yes, adversity for sure. But, um, it, 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 if, if I would have if I would have just let the negativity that was massively surrounding me get to me and not plow through, like you just mentioned, I don't think I would be here in this moment. And so uh, if there's any advice to anybody out there that's doing, it's going or doing something at all the same, whether it be schoolwork or, or, or just a regular job, just, just stay positive and push yourself through it. um, So you can get to the goal and then, and then kind of, you know, manage, things that are around you, which is now my new stage. So uh, I'm broke. I have no money, no money. <laughs> I can um, relate to that. Yeah, that's pretty much, you know, I'm eating. Welcome to uh, opening a business. Wh- whatever, whatever my daughter doesn't eat that she gets for dinner. I usually eat that after the fact. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. And so until I can get out of the red, man, that's, that's my plan. Yeah, everybody, everybody always has these great ideas and grand ideas of how great it's going to be you know, owning and running your own business. And then reality sets in and it's like, holy shit, this is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been probably the uh, and I may have said this before, but it, like it's been the most challenging thing I've ever put myself into. But it's been the most rewarding at the same time. 
So uh, I'm very thankful for the people in my life that helped me. Um, very, very, very grateful for the people in my life that didn't help me, but just stayed with me and by my side. Um, so yeah, man, I'm in a good, I'm in a good place. I'm happy. And, and I, I see a really good future for my family uh, involved with this shop and everything else. So yeah, man, good stuff. We're open. Come see me. Beautiful. And again, that's the uh, Machine Shop Barber Company. That's in downtown St. Pete. Is it 915 Central Avenue? Mm-hmm. 915 Central Ave in the Edge District. Uh, yeah, we're right next to a fabulous. Uh, all, all the food is great. So we're right next to um, Bayou Ramen Noodles, uh, which I hear is superb. I have yet to be able to go over there because I can't find a way outside of the shop when I'm working. Um, and then we have a cool boutique to the right of us called Atlas. And, uh, those guys, uh, are amazing. And then there's pizza box, which has amazing pizza and the staff is just so cool. I think we've had maybe, I'm not even going to, I'm not exaggerating. Like six pizzas that they have just like brought over for us during this process. And been like, you're our neighbors, man. Come on, just eat up. And we're like, okay, I'm not that hungry. Oh (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, you already know how special that downtown St. Pete area is. And, uh, you know, the addition of, of the machine shop barber company is, is even better. Where can they find it on social media? And, you know, if they want to schedule an appointment or whatever, how, how do they go about it? Oh, easy. So, uh, you can go to machine shop mm-hmm. uh, land there. You can just click on at the top of the website, book an appointment and it's got all of our services. We have, um, any fade you could think of a regular haircut, um, Nose waxing, ear waxing, eyebrow waxing, um, let's see, uh, all over hair color, all over beard color, beard trims, mustache trims, um, a reach around, joking. Um, well, that's only on Friday nights. Well, yeah, that's that's the Friday night special. What's up? <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, we just introduced manicures for men as well as arm waxing. So, uh yeah, man, we got we got a, we got a lot going on in there, and uh, we uh, we pride ourselves uh, in the community that uh, we work in and the people that are there. So, come on in, we'll take care of you. Well, and did I also see by the time this drops, you're also adding something else? Uh oh, yeah, that was I guess I just spoiled it, but it, it really is uh, the manicure, the cool the the special thing like manicure. Okay. Whatever. But, uh, we're going to offer, um, the, the arm waxing. So okay, in, in the tattoo industry and stuff like that, if, if, you know, you got gorilla arm hair and shit like that, uh, kind of like I do. Um, I like to, I like to get my arms waxed and stuff like that. Cause it lasts longer than shaving and then just comes prickly and all that stupid shit. I know it sounds kind of like whatever. Uh, but it's, it's really nice and it's not a really painful process and you can do your entire arm, you can do your lower arm and you can do your upper arm. And that actually, uh, you know, I know this is, you know, our part, our podcast that we record, but, um, uh, that's tomorrow. We launch that tomorrow. So that'll be live tomorrow, Monday morning. Yeah. So by the time this, uh, this drops on Tuesday, you know, this will have already happened. So, you know, make sure to to support my boy and, uh, you know, I'm proud of him. Not to mention, I just fully stocked the cooler of all kinds of beer. I will be posting an Instagram post of that nice, beautiful, beautiful 34 degree 
cooler refrigerator, whatever you want to call it, of cold, cold beer that is furry Beautiful. for our customers. So, yeah, so definitely if you're in the Tampa Bay area or, you know, the surrounding area, go support my boy because I, I'm I can't tell you how proud of him I am. I know I know the work that he's done and put in and the grind he's gone through over the last what seven months probably if not uh, longer we'll just say since about mid-january we'll say the beginning of the year i i know what he's gone through and, and i couldn't be happier for him so thank you, know, you sir if, thank yeah you, sir. if if you're in the area make sure to get over there uh, i know i'm going to be heading over there soon um you know so i i certainly i, I, I you said free beer why aren't we why aren't we recording over there what the hell Oh, don't! Do you not want to share the wealth? Is that is that what this is? No, no. Are you trying to keep you're trying to keep a brother down, aren't you? No, 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 no. Actually, you you you're jumping the gun here because I have uh, I have some pretty cool ideas with uh with the space um that doesn't have to do with barbering actually. Nice. Um, We'll we'll leave it at that because we don't want to spoil anything. We big big things are coming. We'll leave it at that. But yeah. uh, but that's what Brandon's had you know going on, and then of course you know uh, I, I mentioned that I was going out of town. I had a family wedding to go to, uh, which you know I want to say congratulations to uh, my sister in law Rachel, who is an absolute sweetheart. Like if, I, I've always said, if I had to handpick a kid's sister, it would be her, uh, and her husband uh, Starbuck. Just really good people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled for them. The wedding, uh, was, you know, tough considering the COVID, you know, era and everything going on. And, you know, they had a big thing planned originally, this big gaudy, you know, wedding, and it all got shit canned because of, of COVID. And ultimately, yeah, ultimately they, yeah, we ended up having a nice little, you know, ceremony there in Portland, Oregon. Um, and yeah, the, we had the uh, reception afterward. We actually did it in their backyard and it was, it was small. It was quaint. And honestly, it was perfect. It it ended up great for them. Uh, didn't go off without drama, but you know, anytime you get family together, there's always bound to be drama, but it's um, a wedding. Yeah. It's a wedding. Yeah. Somebody gets in a fight. Somebody gets too wasted, throws up and then you make up and then then there's something else. I mean, it's just, it's a wedding. Yeah. But, but ultimately, and, and luckily, you know, I, it was interesting because before we went, everybody's was like, Oh my God, you're going to Portland. That's where all the riots are. And it's like, you know, you're looking at it and on the news, you know, it's like, well, they're in day 107 straight of riots in Portland, Oregon. And I got to be honest with you, Brandon, we didn't see any of that. Nobody was even talking about it out there. It's all hype, man. It, it was just, I mean, I was expecting the worst. I mean, not that I was expecting, you know, downtown Beirut, but, you know, I was expecting to see <laughs> some kind of evidence of it. And, you know, we didn't see anything. The, the biggest are you problem. Telling me, are you telling me the mainstream media was incorrect about something? No, I'll say this. I'm not saying that it wasn't going on, but, you know, from what I gathered from talking to people out there, it's kind of like a two or three block area. And it's the same group of people every night. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, downtown St. Pete has has somewhat of the same thing, too. Right. And, you know, uh, truthfully, the the biggest surprise that I saw out of Portland was was the homeless issue. And I, I never knew that they had such a homeless issue out there that they literally have homeless camps on the side of the interstate. Bro, it's the same thing in L.A. I, well, I I'd never been to the West Coast, so oh yeah. Well, I mean, the I don't tra- West I don't Coast travel that much. The same. 
But that was the thing that got me. And, you know, talking to, to you know, my sister-in-law and, and, and her great husband out there. And, you know, that's that's one of the biggest issues they have. And, you know, that's something maybe down the road I'd, I'd like to, to do a show about, you know, because especially with the way the economy is. And we're going to get into some of that with our guest this week, Drew Grabo from 1025 The Bone here coming up in a few minutes. But, you know, with the way the COVID has just ransacked the nation, you know, physically mentally financially you know it's not difficult to possibly you know for for any of our listeners to possibly end up in that in that boat you know because it's it's such a scary world right now you know and absolutely that that was that was my biggest takeaway from the trip and it was like wow you know it really makes you count your blessings that yeah things may suck right now but they could always be worse. They could always be worse. I tell myself that all the time I get down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've been dealing, you know, I had that trip and then, you know, last episode I, I talked about, you know, starting a new job and that kind of fell, fell apart for various reasons. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's just been, been a crazy couple weeks. So just, again, just tell them, just tell them you failed the drug test. It's okay. It's okay. Well, yeah, you know me. <sighs> Sorry. All, all that heroin, man. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, and when you start mixing heroin with the free beer that you've got, you know, it's just it's I mean, not it's a good combination. The wall. It's like, a, hey, guess what? We found out you party too hard, can't work here. That's what happened, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> or, or I came across a kind of a crappy person that I just didn't want to work for, but definitely one of the two. <laughs> her, her or his name was heroin. Uh, yeah, no, no. All, all kidding aside, you know, I, I uh, tweeted something, um, I don't know, last week. And uh, again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Jerry P. Tuck. Uh, he's at Brandon Promo. But, you know, I posted something uh, last week. And I'm, I'm as I'm talking, I'm trying to find it so I don't screw up the quote. But, but to paraphrase, it was something along the lines of you can't put a price tag on working for good people. And, you know, that is so true. And, you know, uh, yeah. And, you know, it's I'm to the point in my life where I'm 42 years old and I want to work for good people. I want to surround myself with good people. And, you know, the situation I was in, you know, it wasn't conducive for success for anybody. So, you know, ultimately, that's why I walked away from it. So, you know, it's back to square one. So we'll see where it goes. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll take it from there. But. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, what's been going on in my world. So, uh, you know, again, we, we want to apologize that, you know, it's not our MO to take that much time off at a time. You know, if there's a week here or there, you know, things kind of happen and things come up that's, that are beyond our control. But, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, our, our deepest apologies to you guys. Cause I, I feel on a certain level that we kind of let you guys down. So, uh, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. So, you know, we apologize, but you know, I think we're going to make up for it today cause we've got a great guest. Um, you know, if you're it's in the a great table, comeback show, great comeback. Yeah, show. no doubt. And you know, this is a guy that I've, I've listened to on the radio here locally mad respect for years and you know if i'm being brutally honest you know you guys know i come from a radio background i don't listen to the radio anymore um you know i i just don't you know i listen to podcasts and and that's you know i watch news i'm a newsie that's that's who i am 
Um, but this is a guy that I actually go out of my way to listen to because he's so engaging on the air and, you know, he's one of the, the younger generation of talk show hosts out there that get it. And there aren't many that do. Um, and that's Drew Garabo, uh, from 1025 The Bone here locally in Tampa. Um, just a really, really, really good dude. And, yeah. uh, Brandon, I, I know, you know, him pretty well too. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say I know him pretty well, but in, you know, I know I know him enough to uh, to really, look, you know, when I when we scheduled this, to, to really, really look forward to it because you know he's he's highly intelligent and and that comes out on his show. Um, he can debate pretty much anybody. Uh, it, 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 he's 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 multi talented and and in many ways that people just wouldn't understand. Witty is an understatement. I like to think that I'm witty in my comedy sometimes, or making fun of myself. Uh, some you know somewhat intelligent and stuff, but nothing like Drew. Drew Drew has a has an amazing gift at uh, uh making his points, um, destroying someone if he needs to, which he doesn't like to, but I secretly think he has a little bit of enjoyment of um but uh you, you know just 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 a class act and uh and just all around good guy and uh i think this is a you know this is gonna be a special show for us yeah well, yeah one one thing i love about drew and it's something that, that steve Dooling and i did for years and i was convinced for a long time that you know the only reason people listen to us was to hear steve go off on people and <laughs> and drew was very similar because one thing that steve and i did uh you know we would give people enough rope to hang themselves and then oh god yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah. and then once they hang themselves once they hung themselves it was game on and yep, you yep. know drew was a master at that and and i respect that and i appreciate uh-huh. that and uh you know you definitely want to check him out uh, you can follow him on uh, Twitter. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Drew on the radio. And, uh, you know, let's let's not waste any more time. Let's get the man himself on with us right now. I, I'm really excited to connect with you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, man. I'm sorry that I've been so derelict in getting out there in the real world, although I guess I kind of have an excuse for the last nine months or so. <laughs> little pandemic. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, I know uh, – you started the guys there at the bone started the same time that we launched at 98.7 the fan sports radio wise at cbs radio when i was there so i mean it's almost i want to say within a month or so of of us launching you guys launched as well so I, i'm just surprised our paths haven't crossed but uh it's it's great to have you on and uh you know i i know you've given us some love on the air in the past and that that really means more than than you could Thank ever you, sir yeah you could than oh. you could ever realize yeah, for sure, man. Like I, I salute anybody who tries to do something to make a difference in this world. And honestly, the more conversations we have about what's going on in our head, I think the more we start to normalize those things. And for guys, it's almost for decades been this kind of verboten thing, like where it, it shows a lack of machismo if you're sensitive or talk about your issues. So, man, I, I, I definitely salute correcting that. And I love what you guys are doing. Well, I appreciate that. And, thank you, thank you. You know, we yeah. we always make it a point to say that you know we are not mental health professionals in the slightest because I don't want anybody to to mistake what we're doing here. But you know, one thing I, that that we do strive for, and one thing that that I you know I really take pride in in the fact that we're doing is that we're just starting the conversation, and you know we're not afraid to have those those tough talks and and those tough conversations. So you know that's something we really try to hang our hat on. So you know, thank you for the love you've shown us 
this over the year of this podcast. And, and you know, it, again, it, it really means a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I also go out of my way on my show. I uh, heard two to six Monday through Friday, by the way, on 102.5 The Bone. Oh, yeah, we were going to uh, we get into the plugs. Real, Don't worry. Real, real. <laughs> always, always be plugging. But, no, I always try to, to let the listener know, you know, I'm not certainly not a licensed mental health professional. I've been in radio since, like, 93, though. And, you know, I, I think the best therapists are the ones who really don't give you the answers but encourage you to talk about it enough to where you get out of your head and you start to realize – what you can do to avoid making the same mistakes over and over again, which a lot of us seem to do. Which, which between all of us, all the time that we've all spent in radio, we should be like at the peak of being professionals at this stuff, but should just don't have have the schooling, I guess, but uh, definitely the experience. (laughs) We're probably better than the worst therapist though. Like if you were to find the worst therapist in the Tampa Bay uh, area, maybe they've got like the highest mortality rate or whatever. Like a a one star 1.3 or something like that, like that level. Yep, we're like a one-star Yelp therapist. I'll take it. Take it. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Oh no, we uh, we've crossed paths uh, many times. You're an awesome dude uh, with a great show with many talents. Uh, you know, my well, we know someone uh, that works there. My wife, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, I can't take credit for her, su- her success, but I did help her uh, get into the radio um, uh, thing. So with, you're the uh, one to blame. Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am actually, but she's she's hardcore, man. And I try not to embarrass her on the show, so uh, that'll be all I'll say about that. But dude, being, she's <laughs> yeah, she is. She's good. Um, but yeah, being in radio since I was sixteen, we all kind of have that commonality, which is really cool. Which is, you know, radio is pretty much way up and way down. There's kind of no real middle ground when it comes to emotional things that are going on. It's like the party or the not party or the, you know what I mean? So I I think we can all, uh, you know, commonly, uh, you know, get along in that aspect. Yeah, for sure. And this industry does seem to draw its share of us. uh, I don't want to say damaged people, but there's definitely some reason that we all have the bombastic personalities that we think people want to hear what we have to say. And it's so interesting to see the different, I don't want to say mental, well, mental conditions that it draws from, you know, narcissists to the insecure to both. And uh, it's a fascinating case study in sociology, this industry of ours. Yeah, no doubt. It's, and it, it's, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, I've, I've said a million times on this show, you know, when when I'm on the air or in front of a mic or whatever, you know, I'm as open and honest and, and you know, as humanly possible. But if I were to meet a total stranger out somewhere, there's no way in hell I would talk to that person. You know, and I, I, yeah, I, I, and I've been accused of being a dick and being arrogant and being a snob. And it's like, dude, you have no idea. I'm just, I, I'm like stupidly backward when it comes to social situations. And, you know, I, I know, yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, my own insecurity. And I know that, but, you know, that's just the way I am. Isn't it weird that we have that thing and like people expect us to be a certain way. And I find that that's the biggest challenge is someone else's expectations of what they think I should be like. And you almost have to keep reminding yourself, my God, you know, I'm someone that this person listens to. So, you know, I, I don't want to be a dick. I got to go out of my way. Maybe I'm not feeling particularly friendly a certain way. And someone says, Hey, I got to go out of my way to suck it up and be like, okay, you know, it is a big deal, I guess, to this person that we both ran into each other at the same coffee place. And in my head, I'm going, why the hell would they want to talk to me? You know, 
And people don't really understand how hard it is because I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves is small talk. That's really challenging for me, you know, and I, we were, Jerry and I were talking, uh, before we got you on, uh, on the line or whatever. And, and I was like, and no offense to anybody that like, this is no judging or anything, but how some people say they have gaydar. And I was like, I have anxiety dar or radar <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, and I can pick up on, on certain people with body languages and, and, you know, and, and mannerisms and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, I've met you several times, obviously, but I'm like, he's just like me. I bet he's yep. just like me. <laughs> yep, well, I can't get out of your own head, man. Yep. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, uh, you know, like I said a million times and I, I feel like I use this analogy every show, but Brandon will attest to it. You know, I, I always say it's like living a double life because, yep. you know, like you said, with the people's expectations, Expectations and you know who they expect to see as opposed to who you really are you know it's easy to get caught up in that and lose yourself in the process oh man is it ever and in the early stages of my show when it was designed around controversy and i was a deliberate dick on the air <laughs> and then you'd, you'd meet people and they'd have this expectation that you know come on man cut me down i'm like well, you, you gotta understand <laughs> that that stops as soon as the microphone stops I'm not, I'm not here to insult you i'm not here to cut you down and even to this day when i'm nice people are seemed a bit taken aback like oh i i didn't know there was that side to you i'm like yeah you know you are I'm, you are really, really fucking good at it though man <laughs> <laughs> like, really. well there is an element of me i suppose where it does kind of come easy but i you know you got to keep it and enjoyable i might i might guess as well yeah therapeutic in a way like you get yeah. to say after working retail and restaurants through most of my life before radio uh you know the, the ability to like cut people down when they're your customers man that's that's rich <laughs> it's <laughs> it's funny i it's funny you say that because uh you uh, know one of the clients that i work with is uh, chef brian duffy who's done uh, a bunch of tv work on the today show and uh he was a regular on bar rescue with john taffer for the first four or five years and he always laughs because you know he says one of his favorite places to go is i guess there's a restaurant up in the northeast where as soon as you walk in the door they just start insulting you Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Dick's last resort. There are a couple of them and, uh, they, they pattern themselves after a restaurant called Ed DeBevix in Chicago. And, uh, man, they just cut you down. They're deliberately rude. There are almost no boundaries. And I bet there's a line of servers a mile long waiting to work in those places, you know? Uh, well, you know, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Cause I know you got into radio. You said what? 93 yeah. in, in Orlando, right? Yep, correct. Okay. And, and, you know, you obviously said you had worked in retail and worked as a server. And I've heard you on, on your show talk about, you know, working as a server before, you know, that transition. And, you know, I guess I'm kind of going through that myself right now uh, because I've been out of radio for a few years. And while, you know, I'm one of the owners of Radio Influence, you know, making that transition out of radio and thinking, okay, those days are over and done with, you know, and, and I know you and I have talked on, on social media time or two about it, not too in depth, but, um, you know, that, that transition is difficult when you go from, you know, what we were talking about as far as, you know, people's expectations and, you know, living that, that lifestyle, that radio lifestyle, and then settling back into, I don't want to call it real life, but real life. No, it is real life. And, um, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty good restaurant career going. I was the assistant to the food and beverage director at the holiday Inn by the Orlando airport. And I was, uh, volunteering at a college radio station at the time, Rollins college. And some dude heard me and offered me a job on the weekends on real radio, one 4.1 in Orlando. They were a talk station, but they played alternative music. 
and I worked my way up there, got my own show, blah, blah, blah. But, um, when I left radio in 2008, um, I, they flipped the format of the alternative rock station that I was doing mornings on. They fired everybody. And man, I'll tell you, I had a young kid at the time and there's no room in my world for pride. So I was waiting tables literally the next night. So I went from like doing a morning show on a Friday morning, getting blown out. And then the next night, Saturday night, I was frigging taking orders at an Italian restaurant in college park. And people would recognize me and they'd be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm feeding my family. You know, I gotta, I gotta keep money coming in and it's incredibly humbling. And then fortunately I, I stumbled into a job with the Orlando magic selling season tickets. And you know, that was uh, it's an interesting career path for those who can sell. I learned that I am not a salesman under any circumstances, just not a skill set I have. Um, but man, that was incredibly humbling and gave me a perspective in those three years from 2008 to 2011, when I thought I would never be back on the radio. I I'd given up. I would, wasn't even applying anywhere. And, um, it, you know, that'll give you a hell of a perspective and you're right. It's adjusting to real life and actually working for a living, you know? Yeah. It'll, I have a similar story because I, I worked in radio, like I said, since 16 and bounced around. I even worked in Orlando. I wonder if we ever crossed paths there. I worked for JRR. Like oh, 2000. Yeah. yeah. It's like the 2001 to like 2003 or four or something like oh that. Oh my and then God. I we definitely did, dude. You must have known Rick Everett and Pat, Pat and, Taco yeah. and all those guys. I, oh, those Taco. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Taco Bob, uh, you know, Rick, I mean, I've known Rick. I started working at, uh, WAPE and Rock 105 in Jacksonville when I was 16 when he wow. was still there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I used to answer phones for, for Lex and Terry and I was a DJ in clubs at the time and I can't spell for shit. And that's when the <laughs> green screen was still, was still there. And I'm trying to say like, this person wants to talk about this person. So they ended up calling me DJ Spellcheck. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest DJ names I've ever heard in my life, by the way, that's great. That is pretty awesome. It's actually better than my actual DJ name, so I'd rather take it. But, um, <laughs> DJ uh, spelled <laughs> Uh, but you know, <laughs> but right, you know, going back because you know that's the unfortunate thing about radio is like there's only a certain amount of clusters or you know in 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 the DMAs and towns that we live in and stuff like that in cities. So like there's only like two or three you know marketing directors or program directors or morning show or you know what I mean. So we have to move a lot. Uh, so I, you know, I started Jacksonville, went to Orlando, went back to Jacksonville for, um, uh, for planet radio and kiss and then came back or came to, came to Tampa for 98 rock, did that for a while. And then I got scooped up by a band, moved out to Los Angeles, tour managed them for a few years. And, you know, that was, that, that was kind of hard because, you know, we didn't live paycheck to paycheck. We lived tour to tour. Everything right. was, everything was cash. Right. So yeah, it was, it was fun as hell. Right. You know, I always tell everybody it was the the best job in the fucking world, but also <laughs> the worst because it really sucked. I mean, living on a bus with 11 of 11 other Ooh. dudes all stink at the same time. Ooh. I mean, it's so fucking weird. I understand. I've worn socks two days in a row before here at home. <laughs> you wear two, two, you wear the same pair of socks two days in a row on tour there's something about it i don't know what it is but those things stink so <laughs> and you can get your ass kicked off a bus real fucking quick if you don't wear socks either and shoes so anyway but that being said in between tours when that money runs out like i remember <laughs> this is still gonna date me fuck um we were endorsed by ed hardy in their clothing 
So the so the band and the crew and stuff like that, rocking those like you know sparkly fucking jeans and oh, yeah. and, and, and the shirts and stuff like that. Some of it was all right, but a lot of it was just way too gaudy for me. But I had to swallow my pride too, man. Um, yeah. You know, in Los Angeles, I'm living in Los Angeles. It's been six weeks since I've been on the road. I'm dead. I'm broke. I had to actually call our sponsor and and uh, one of the managers of the store that was near near me um and where i lived in burbank and i had to work retail and sell that shit you know <laughs> that sucked like and i it, i didn't want to sell that stuff from and it's all porn stars and stuff in that area so that was kind of cool but outside of that i mean it sucked it sucked a lot and then after after another tour i decided to leave la uh because my girlfriend and i broke up thank god and um <laughs> we <laughs> I went and lived with my parents and started working at Guitar Center because Guitar Center is really cool, man, because they 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 support um uh the music industry, you know, because everyone that works there is typically a musician. Uh yeah. so if you want to tour, uh they understand and they give you that leave to go tour and then welcome you back. Almost like if you like you're in a corporate world and, and they find out you're on drugs and like, hey, take this chance and your job will be back and you come back, same thing. So right. like, you know, they, they, uh, <laughs> they take care of their people, but I ended up, you know, uh, taking one more tour and I, and, and, you know, and then I got back into, uh, marketing and advertising and all that kind of stuff in media. And, you know, that's that now I own a barbershop. So whatever. <laughs> hey dude, you're doing your own thing. You know what I mean? And that's where your path has taken you. And, and I think all of those experiences that we collect, uh, contribute to our perspective and, and we end up exactly where we're supposed to be, even if we can't see it yeah. at the time. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree. Well, yeah, one, I was saying, one I, of the, I, I, yeah, no, no, go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was just gonna say, I mean, I'm. It's been. It, this has probably been one of the most trying times in my life building the shop, and took six months to do. Like, I signed the lease on March fourth, and I think two days later pandemic was like full on quarantine, everything. So oh, it's been really difficult. It, yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a struggle to say the least. But right now, um it's been, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever put myself into. So I couldn't be happier. Um, I got a lot of catching up to do. I spent a lot of money <laughs> uh, get there, man. And I got a kick-ass staff and it's the, all, all the barbers are awesome. So I couldn't be more happy. I, I couldn't be happier in my life right now. So good. Go ahead, Jerry. Well, and, and, you know, just for the record, you know, you are finally open and we're going to talk about that. We're, we're kind of recording today's show kind of backward. We're, we're doing the interview before we do the open to the show. But uh, obviously if you're listening, you know, Brandon's already opened his shop. We've been waiting on it forever. It's the the Machine Shop Barber Company in downtown St. Pete. Cheap plug. Make sure to check it out. Um, but nine one five Central Avenue. Yeah, what he said. It's it's it's, it's uh, Machine Shop Barber Shop everywhere on social media, right? It's uh, Machine Shop Barber on social media everywhere. Okay, so yeah, so make sure to to follow it. But you know, to to echo what Brandon was saying, you know, when when my business partner and I launched Radio Influence back in twenty fifteen. Um, you know, it's it's the same thing, and, and you know, I just come out of radio. I was kind of evaluating where I was, and you know, where the industry was, and where things are going. And it was like, okay, now's the time to to do this. <clears throat> so, you know, we launched Radio Influence, the podcast company. We've got you know roughly twenty two different clients that we work with, which is great. But you know, as as Brandon mentioned, COVID hit, and you know, things that that was a game changer. So, you know, now it's kind of like reevaluating where things are and where things stand. And, you know, as things progress, you know, you don't know what the future may bring. So you start questioning, okay, well, what, what's your skill set? And then you start doubting yourself because I was in radio or, or broadcasting of one form or another for 23 years. 
Yep. You, you know, and I, I joke, but it's not really joking that all I know how to do is talk and push buttons. You know, and what skills yep. what skills do you have? So, you know, as you know, you were talking about being out of radio and and you know. <laughs> pushing your pride to the side, getting into to retail and, and becoming a server. It's like, okay, it's scary to look to the future because you have no clue what the future brings. None. And you're exactly right. Like our skill set is we talk and we push buttons. So when that goes away, what am I equipped to do? And it takes some soul searching. And if it were to happen now, I, at least I would try a podcast and I'd try to make that profitable before I would go work some job that wasn't uh, rewarding to me or didn't feel like a right fit. So I'd at least give that a shot before I went and worked over at the uh, music land or anything. Dude, I wanted to be a garbage man so bad during those times. <laughs> like I applied. I swear to God, man, I'm not. I'm, I'll get up that early. I don't care. I've seen that cool ass movie with uh, uh, whatever those guys are. Uh, with oh, shit, man. Yes, yes. I mean, they Absolutely. had fun. I'm like, I could totally do that. Wasn't totally that Charlie fun. Sheen and, uh, Charlie Sheen. and his brother? Brother, his brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking love that movie. You finally yeah. got a movie, Jerry. I, I, oh I've God. seen like ten minutes of it. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> this, this is a, this is a huge moment for this show. I, I I talk about movies all the time and reference them. He never. It's just like fucking just way over the head. Just, and I hear crickets. Yep. Thank you, Jerry. Work. The one Watch that did it. <laughs> I saw that by accident, thinking that it was a biopic of one of the greatest Australian rock and roll bands that had ever lived, and it turned out to be a piece of shit Emilio Estevez Charlie Sheen movie. I'm like, where's Colin Hay? Who can it be now? Oh, this God. movie sucks. It sucks so bad. It's so good. Man. It is and stuff like that. But like, you know, I, I, I tried to be a garbage man. I applied for fucking Terminex. They wouldn't take me. <laughs> like, I, did, wow. I did everything I could to get out of, out of media and I ended up getting sucked back right into it. But now, you know, times are different and I, I can't be more grateful for how, how things ended up for me. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I have a feeling drew that you and I are very similar because just, just in the, the 15 or 20 minutes we've been talking and, you know, listening to you on the air and, you know, I've heard you talk about, you know, the, the anxiety you deal with and things like that. You know, it, it's easy to fall into that. I, I'm one of those people that, you know, it's easy to fall into the self-doubt thing, you know, and I'm, I'm constantly, you know, I maybe exude confidence and like I, I have, I've got my shit together. But, you know, on the inside, I'm like doubting everything I do and... Uh you know, nothing I ever do is good enough for me. And, you know, I could go out and find, you know, the cure for COVID and I'd find 15 things wrong with it, you know, and that's just how I'm wired. So, you know, when, when you were talking about, you know, being out of radio and, and, you know, like I just mentioned, trying to figure out what the future holds for me and this and that and the other, you know, that's, that's when the self doubt creeps in. And, you know, just judging by the way you've spoken before, I, I have a feeling you've dealt with the same things. How, uh, you know, how did you handle that? Um, man, that's a great question. I, um, because I, I, I know that I know that I know there are a ton of people out there that are going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I do second guess myself a whole hell of a lot. And honestly, I, um, I had completely given up on my radio career. I was, um, I just felt like I had had two chances at it at two different stations in Orlando. I failed at it. Um, it wasn't like I first time I got fired through something I did at real radio. And then the second time at O-Rock 105.9, it was a format flip. But, you know, you guys know radio opportunities are not exactly uh, coming knocking at your door, especially when you've been out of the industry no. for three years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so what kept me going was just feeding my family, man, was was waking up every day going, all right, well, this might not be the right fit permanently. But right now I'm going to make the most of this and figure out 
what I can do to put myself in a position to keep money coming in, man. And, you know, people told me not to give up on it. My friends told me, you know, Hey, you should be back on the radio. And I just, I wouldn't allow myself to even think about it because I, I feared giving my heart to it and then having it taken away again. And I guess if I had to offer any advice, looking back on it now, don't be afraid of that. Like if you, if you give your heart to it and it gets taken away, at least you made an effort to do something that you found fulfilling. I knew I was doing something that wasn't fulfilling to me and, uh, and I shouldn't have done that as much as tried to get back into radio and, and dealt with the heartbreak if that were to come along, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's good advice, you know, not just for radio people, but you know, any, anybody that, that has done something for a long time and, and, you know, that's kind of the angle where I was going with this is, you know, whether you, whether it's radio or, you know, like you mentioned retail or, you know, management of some sort, you know, something that people have done for, you know, their career, you know, right. and with the way the economy is right now, and, you know, we both see it every day in, in the broadcasting field, the jobs are disappearing and, you know, mm-hmm. things are, people are getting, losing jobs and getting cut. And, you know, this, this isn't just a radio thing at this point. This is an everywhere thing. And, you know, it, it's a scary place to be in the world right now. And, you know, I've got, I've got a friend that, you know, had a job for 26 years and they just cut him. They just cut him and he's like sitting there with a beer in his hand looking at me going, I don't know what, what the hell to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people are like that right now. I mean, it, furlough, the word furlough is like commonly way, way, way too much, like too much in, in regular conversation. You know, like I got furloughed one time for a few days and I was working for a newspaper. That made sense. But like now with this, all the crazy shit going on and people like lead, lead IT guys for major companies are being furloughed for a week. And I'm like, what the fuck happens if something goes down? Like in traffic, like just decides to take a shit. Like it's crazy what's going on right now. You're absolutely right. The uh, we've lost the human and human resources, I think, and and we've got to get yeah. out of this thing. And I, I don't know what that balance is, to be honest with you. I'm not one of those COVID deniers or anything, but like I I don't know how we work our way out of the socioeconomic and the sociological implications of what have happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, we, we we can only hope and pray for some normalcy after this. I mean, I know in our area, uh, I, I was reading something about them voting on mandatory masks and stuff like that. I have an opinion about that that I'll just keep to myself. But, um, you know, uh, whether it's going to be required or not, and, and you know, and they said they extended it for another week or so. So maybe there is some light at the end of the tunnel. We are dipping with numbers. Yeah, uh, you know, Fl- Florida used to be the jackass that it always is around the nation because we were just spiking and dying and spiking and dying all over the place but that's no change for florida but um you know it seems to be going down and and now that there's talks of maybe not having that requirement i mean maybe there maybe there is light at the end of the time. maybe we are maybe we are about to see something a little bit normal come our way that'd be great knock on wood yeah but at this knock point what what's normal because so right. much has changed in the last six months you know i i don't i mean personally i don't think we're ever going to get back to what we were before uh, I, 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 I couldn't I, agree more. And, and, agree more. Well, no, I was going to say, I, I actually, my wife and I drove up to Orlando yesterday and on the way back for shits and giggles and drew, you're going to be familiar with this area, the international drive area. That's the biggest oh, yeah. tourist trap ever. Uh, Ew. it was it gross. Oh, it's yeah, disgusting, it's but, but it was, it was freaky as hell because there was nobody there. And yeah. this is on a, this is on a Saturday afternoon. 
there is nobody there. I mean, that place is a ghost town right now. You know, so, you know, I, I'm one of those people that, you know, I kind of judge the economy by what happens, you know, with Disney and Universal, especially here in Central Florida, because, you know, everything's based on tourism. And when I see things like Disney canceling their big Halloween celebrations and canceling their Christmas celebrations, it's like, OK, this shit's real. Yeah. Yeah. I had the exact opposite uh, experience in Orlando two weekends ago. Uh, My girlfriend and I went and stayed there. And then on the way back, it was Labor Day. And I just figured we'd be able to get a brunch somewhere. And literally every freaking restaurant from 2J's to Hash House of Go-Go had like a freaking 20 minute wait and shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at all these people going out to eat as I'm going out to eat. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, my wife was just, she just looked at me and went, there was like nobody here. So it's, yeah. it's good to hear that it was busy when you were there. Um, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned Hash House of Go-Go because that's one of the places we drove by and there was like nobody in the parking lot. Oh, so. I would have loved that. We couldn't find a parking space. We got left and went to Brocco's Tacos and had a very substandard brunch. <laughs> Gotta ask. How it, <laughs> my, my wife has been wanting to go to Hash House of Go-Go for about a year and a half. How is it? It's all right. I mean, I, I've been before. It's uh, it's it's cool to go once. I don't think there's anything really super great about it. I was looking for the Shake Shack that's near there because that's one of the best burgers you're ever going to put in your mouth. I was going to say we hit up. The, we went to a concert uh, last November at the Amway, and it ended about eleven o'clock. We're on the way back, and Shake Shack was about the only thing open, and we'd never been there before. So we were trying to decide whether it was really that good or we were really that hungry, and I we couldn't decide. But we, we, I think we settled on the fact that it was really that good. Yeah, it is really that good. I, um, I had almost the same experience. I, the first one I went to was in New York, and we were walking through Battery Park, and it was freezing cold and raining. And I looked up on Yelp and saw there was a Shake Shack nearby, and we're literally waiting outside 30 minutes to get into the place. I'm like, this better be the best burger ever known to man. And sure enough, it, I, it damn sure was. Well, we'd like to thank Shake Shack for sponsoring today's podcast. Um, <laughs> Send yes. over some burgers and fries, please. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the chocolate shake. Please. I'm just saying. Um, but but yeah, no. I, I, at this point, though, like I said, what's what's going to be the? I hate the term "new normal" because it just sounds so 1984ish. But you know, what's for me? For me, honestly, like if they do, you know, drop the requirement for face masks and stuff like that. Uh, I think that that for me will change everything because I, I mean, I feel like we're in a twilight zone, like like they, yeah. we're in a damn movie. It's like The Walking Dead or some shit. I don't know. But it's the weirdest thing. If we can just eliminate that part of it, I think that would for me, that would satisfy about 80, 80, 90 percent of, of my concerns and everything going on. And there's nothing there's nothing, you know, and, and unless you have kids, you do, you really don't. You, you can't really understand it. I shouldn't say you can't, but, but when you have kids and you drive, you take your kid to school or pick the kid up and stuff like that, your kid up and seeing all the children wearing masks and stuff, knowing that, that like my daughter's five, she's about to turn six and seeing her like, that's the norm for her right now. That's how she's going to grow up with a mask. And that's really disheartening to me. That that really yeah. hurts me. And uh, I want so much for her to not have to wear that because I know she doesn't. And I know her friends don't want to wear it. And they're being made to wear it when we were like our, back when we were in school. They're like, don't fucking chew gum. And you're like, fuck it. <laughs> but like now, now, like you have to wear them, put your mask back on, put your mask back on, put your mask back on. So yeah. I think that if the mask requirement goes away and we treat this like the flu, um, not that I'm saying that's what it should be. I'm not trying to say that, but if we treat it like the flu, like go get your, go get your Corona shot, 
uh, with an extra lime and then get the, uh, you know, your flu shot and we're good to go. You don't have to wear a max. Yeah. I'm kind of with you, Brandon. I went to a, uh, my son's in his senior year and he's doing e-learning because I just figure there's going to be outbreaks anyway, and they're going to have to do e-learning for a couple of weeks out of the year. And he didn't want to go back. I, I put it on his shoulders. I'm like, look, whatever you want to do. That's cool. cool. You want to go to school? Great. You don't want to go to school? Do e-learning? That's cool with me. So for him, you know, I don't know what college is going to look like in fall. Um, but I went to a funeral yesterday, and um, man, I'll tell you, that is a chilling experience. Looking around and just it takes away the human element of it when you're looking at people in masks. It's like you're looking at this awful right. science fiction right. movie where everyone should be experienced this this wonderful saying farewell to a great person, and everybody's got a freaking mask on, and you're like, what? Yeah. What have we turned into? You know, I get it. I wear it. I know. I think it probably yeah. helps, but holy shit, man. Yeah, I'm not like an anti-mask person at all because, you know, I'm I'm fortunate to be healthy and, and, and of age that I'm not really, you know, on that uh, scary side of things. But I wear it out of respect for others that are, yep. you know what I mean? So I'm not an anti-mask person per se, but I am an anti-mask person like, hey, let's all get these things off at some point or let's get to that point. Right. <laughs> and I mean. Not not to compare football to a funeral at all, but I mean, even watching football right now with Dude. all the sideline coaches that have, you know, the masks on and all that kind of stuff, not seeing, you know, hearing fake background noise and stuff like that uh, to make so it weird. seem normal. It's just it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. The, I, yeah. Modern time right now, like, you know, it's 2020. You know, this, you, you would think this kind of thing would happen like, you know, 100 years ago or some shit. And like, but this is this is something that's going to go down in history. It's like yeah. one of the craziest things to ever happened. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. Um, Spanish flu just and, went away, though, like in the 1918 uh, epidemic, it just literally just disappeared. So I'm really hoping that we get to experience the same thing. And then we get yeah. kind of a, a renaissance of society. We all appreciate the things that we took for granted, you know? Yeah, no doubt. hundred percent. Yeah, no, well, I was going to say, um, you know, you talk about the, the angle with the kids and the schools and, you know, a buddy of mine, his wife is a school teacher. She actually teaches kindergarten and, you know, they're, they're dreading the fact of when things go back regularly because, you know, teaching kindergarten and a bunch of five-year-olds is tough enough as it is. Now tell them to keep a mask on their face for eight oh, hours a day, you know, I and can't. what kind of, what kind of effect long-term is that going to have on the mental health of kids too? You know, right. because they don't understand what's going on. Not at all. Shit, if you're in high school, you could probably get away with smoking cigarettes now. Come to think. Yeah. Of yeah, you could probably <laughs> smoke joints too. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> just get one of those really thick masks and just you know, <laughs> maybe put like a maybe put like a, a like a gain dryer sheet or two in between. <laughs> nope. Cheap out in your history class. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, why are you so upside. happy? I love math. <laughs> so there is an upside. Look at us finding the bright I side. I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just curious how, you know, the, the long term effect mental health wise of, of how this is going to affect people, because, you know, you, you see the suicide rate is up and, you know, people, the anxiety, the depression, losing jobs, the the economy, everything else, you know, people are struggling right now. And, you know, I, I'm hoping we're getting to the point to where, you know, you guys are hoping that we're going to get to. But, you know, like I said, looking at, at just the things that are being canceled. And I'm kind of surprised, you know, locally that they haven't done anything with Gasparilla yet. 
Yeah, they uh, they just announced last week they're still selling tickets for it and, and it's still uh, it's still on. And, um, you know, you want to talk money, about money, a super money, spreading money. event. Yeah, the that's yeah. exactly it. And that that's a super spreading event right there, man. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, I say people not in the Tampa that Bay area, you know, the closest thing to Gasparilla would be what Mardi Gras. That's kind yeah. of Tampa's version of Mardi yeah. Gras. Yeah, 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 that's a good, uh, a broke down, low rent version of Mardi Gras. Yeah, if, you know, imagine one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand of your closest friends uh, crammed onto Bayshore Boulevard with Ugh. nonstop alcohol and drugs and all kinds of you know shenanigans oh, going on, and not 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 to mention the night parade. That's like uh, that's like the uh, the day shift comes from uh, Louisiana and, and does you know. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> if you think of it locally, though, you know, with Gasparilla and, you know, just the economy wise, you know, financially, the what the Tampa Bay area has lost in the last year, uh, you know, you look at things like WrestleMania getting canceled and you know, whether you're a pro wrestling fan or not, you know, that's going to bring in a couple hundred million dollars into your area. You know, the the Rays are in the playoffs. So we're out that two dollars and thirty seven cents. Uh, you know, the Lightning they're in the Stanley Cup finals now. You know, there's no home games there. There's no, you know, no economy coming in there. You've got the Super Bowl coming up, you know, Bucks season that as of right now, there are no home games. So that money's lost. And, and like I mentioned, the Super Bowl, the upcoming Super Bowl, you know, coming up this year is supposed to be in Tampa. We don't know what the situation is going to be for there. So, you know, I guarantee you they will figure that one out. Yeah, they will. They will find a way to put people in the stands at the Super Bowl. Yes, they will. I I hope so. But, you know, that will happen. Even even if it's if it's a reduced whatever, you know, you've got to imagine all of the events around the Super Bowl for the week beforehand and a couple days after, you know, everybody always talks about the big Super Bowl parties every year. You know, Playboy does a big one. Uh, Maxim always has a big one. Sports Illustrated has a big anybody that's anybody has these big parties in Ebor and you know I've I've been blessed to you know attend some of these things over Super Bowls in the past and and it's just it's a crazy event but you know when you're talking that amount of people coming into a bay area you know you're going to have issues with that and I don't know you know how a how they're going to handle it and b if things do get canceled you know how does the bay area recoup that money Ugh. I hate to say it man but this is where it gets politicized you know, and I'm not going down that road, but it's politicized. So they're going to they're going to do what they have to do. I mean, it, it, it's it's like watching Jurassic Park. Life finds a way, you know, whatever. But like, I'm just saying, like, they're going to figure out a way to make it work. And whether they break even on what they what they budgeted for and planned for like three or four years ago, because that's what you have to do for Super Bowl. They're going to break even somehow, some way. And and then they're going to cut their losses, whatever that may be. And that's sad. But that's, I mean, in my opinion, that's the truth. Agreed. Uh, I, I hope you guys are right. I, I hope <laughs> you guys are right. And, and I, I feel like I'm copping out here, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Any, no, I don't think anybody knows right now. Honestly, no, we don't, dude. No, we can only speculate. And uh, you know, we looked for the light at the end of the tunnel. We have no idea where it is, when it is, what it looks like, or anything like that. But. You know, it's got to keep us going, that hope. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just taking it to the, the, the level we were at. I mean, that's all we, that's all we really can do uh, and not not like get lost in the rabbit hole of 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 who's making these decisions and why and what's the reasoning behind that decision and so on and so forth. You know, I the people that are suffering from this pandemic, the small businesses, I can't even tell you like um, what I've experienced alone uh, trying to get the shop open and having the shop open right now and stuff. And, you know, I've read I probably read the barbershop salon um, CDC guidelines probably like seven times just to make sure that we're on point. And I've even taken extra measures to make sure if I ever did get kind of, uh, um, you know, inspected or whatever, that I would I, I'd be prepared and ready to go. And we were good and healthy and everything was straight. But um you know, I, I'm, I thankfully have, I, I work in an industry now that there's a demand for it. Like people want to get the haircut, like they're out of quarantine. So everybody's like joke, 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 quarantine haircuts and stuff like that. We're past that moment, but you still want to get your haircut and you're allowed to do that. Um, but these, these things that make us happy and joyous and theme parks and Mickey mouse and all those things have been unfortunately ripped away from us in, a, in, in some type of way. And that's sad. And, and, you know, there's, I'm not making fun of people that are obsessed with Disney, but there are people that are obsessed with Disney. Oh, yeah. you know, I'm obsessed with working and, you know, that's their thing, you know, and uh, uh, they're, they're, that that was sadly taken away from them in, in some shape or form. And what's the result of that? Nobody's really nobody's thinking about that kind of stuff. They're just thinking about what's the next thing. What's what's this is our agenda. How do we get there? And yeah. that's that's unfortunate. No doubt. Yeah, I know you're pretty open uh, on the air about some of the stuff you've dealt with. I wanted to know if he had any stories that he didn't like open up on terrestrial radio and stuff like that. But he was like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's honestly like I'm pretty much an open book. There's I mean, there's been some stuff that's happened um, that I wasn't really as forthright as I could have been. But it's all stuff that affects other people. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I'm real hesitant to like drag other people's shit out there if they don't want it out there. Like I can I can kind of allude to how it affected me. I know you've alluded before and, and talked a little on air about, you know, uh some of the stuff, you know, you've gone through, you know, with the divorce and things like that. I don't know how what you want to talk about. Yeah. I, I don't mind. Um, you know, my, uh, my ex-wife and I are at a really good place right now. Um, okay. she, she's active in our son's life. She comes over every weekend and stays here with him, but, um, she had some struggles. Um, you know, she struggled with some mental health issues, uh, and some, um, substance issues. And that kind of took her out of our son's life for a little while. Um, it sucked, sucked for her, sucked for everybody. And, you know, seeing that firsthand, seeing how it affected our son, having to be um, the sole custodian for a hot minute, uh, meaning a couple of years, that was rough. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really proud of her for fighting her way through it. And I think the biggest mistake we make as people is we tend to personalize that stuff. We tend to not understand the mind of someone who goes through that. And we think, how could you do that? How could you do that to our son? How could you do that to, you know, uh, yourself and our marriage and blah, blah, blah. When, you know, people's minds get wired a certain way and they don't see what they're doing. And, and, you know, I'm reading the four agreements and I, and I read it over and over again. And the one that always comes back to me is take nothing personally. And I tend to take everything personally. Yeah, I so think do I. That, 
Yeah. yeah. Everything's a flight. Like if you, if you do something with someone else and you didn't call me, it's because you hate me. You know what I mean? Like that's the way that, you know, my mind uh. works that way. And, and I, and I try to fight it and, and yet still to this very day, it still creeps into my head. And so dealing with all that stuff, it was very, very difficult for me to get my head around how, she could do some of the things she was doing and I couldn't find a place of compassion or sympathy. Um, but eventually I did. And, and I found that that really melts away the anger and the hostility and it's best for everyone. So, you know, if I could impart upon anybody a little direction and advice, it's just try your ass off to find that place of empathy and compassion wherever you can. And you can always find it. Everyone is worth forgiving. I think like, you know, no matter what somebody did to you, you'll see those news stories where like, some dude killed some guy's daughter and the guy, the, the father is on the witness stand saying like how he forgives the guy. And if someone in those positions can find forgiveness, which other people can't understand and other people see as weakness, we can forgive anybody for just about anything. So, you know, I, I forgave her and she's back in our life and that's great. Um, I got into a relationship after that where the young lady I was seeing had some mental issues and she wasn't very open about that. And she ended up um, getting arrested at my house um, oh, wow. after, after putting hands on my son. And, um, oh, wow. yeah. So, yeah. So I had to get her. It was, a, it was a, she was reaching for his phone and he was trying to get away from her and, and it was an ugly situation. I had to get a restraining order against her. And that was, uh, that was tough. That was like two years ago. It was really, really difficult to find a place of forgiveness there. But I do. I, I, I totally forgive her now. And I, I we don't talk to each other. Obviously, the restraining order is still in place for another four years. So I, I have no animosity towards her. She helped me learn some stuff about myself. The one I still am struggling with and having a very difficult time with is with someone who used to be on my radio show. And I don't talk about that really on the show. And I don't talk about it anywhere except my co-host John and I talk about it because he went through it with me. And it's just a sad case of really thinking that you're friends with someone and for whatever reason, finding out you're not only were you not friends, but that that person would stop at nothing to try to sabotage your career to try to save their own. And yeah, and it really, honestly, like I try my ass off to forgive and I try my ass off not to think about it, but it's very, very tough for me to swallow that bitter pill still. And there's been no closure or anything. And I, I don't know how it comes. I don't know when it comes, uh, but I sure do hope it does because I don't, I don't like having that, that kind of unresolved shit out there, you know? Yeah, no doubt. You, 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 you hit on two, two points that go, that hit hard, they hit like home for me. And hearing your opinion about forgiveness and hearing your opinion about uh or 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 your hopes of of getting in a better place with both situations um you know i i i'm open about a lot of the stuff i've gone through maybe not so much the second point but the first point i don't have a i don't have a relationship with my parents i don't um i've extended just about every olive branch you could possibly think of um to them and you know meeting my daughter and stuff like that like my you know my mother didn't meet my daughter until she was five and it took a death in the family to make it happen. 
it, it, you know, it, it, it took a lot of me to, to actually make that happen, but it knew it was the right thing and, you know, and did all that kind of stuff and actually, um, thinking maybe things get better, but nope, everything just reverts back to the, the toxicity of, of the relationship that was there and everything I have to protect my daughter from. Um, so that's, that's kind of a nutshell with that. Like I have, I have big, big family issues. I don't, I don't talk to my parents and only three hours away. So, um, there's just, there's, there's nothing there and, there and it has been, it's been like that for six, seven years. So, um, yeah. that's, that's something that, uh, when you, when you, when you put forgiveness in there, um, you know, I, I will always have forgiveness, forgiveness in my heart and willing to forgive for any and all bad things that have happened between the two of us. And I'm no angel, you know, when I, when I get pushed in the corner, I know how to get out and yeah, it can be, it can be pretty fierce. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm not an angel by any sense, but, um, you know, I've done, I've, I am in my, I'm, I've made peace with the fact that I've done every single thing I can to try to make it right. And I've realized that it's just not going to happen. So I've also made peace with that. And they, the other parties haven't really done anything to, to get to the point to where you are, where you're like, you know, you want to forgive someone when you're on the stand and, and, you know, someone has died at that point and stuff like that. So I totally get it. I'm open to it, but you know, I'm just not there. I don't, I don't, I, I just, I have a lot of doubt. I don't see that happening ever. Uh, yeah. It's sad to me, but uh, it is. It that, is but, yeah. but it takes contrition on their part. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the that's the shitty part is that we can be as willing to forgive and make amends as we want, but when another person is committed to that toxicity or they just don't know a way to get out of it, then yeah. that there's no there's not going to be a resolution. You you have to do what you have to do to protect yourself, your feelings, and to protect your your kid. You know. Yeah, mainly my kid, but like, you know, you, we get in our own heads and stuff. And like, if you, if you screw up or you say something stupid or you piss someone off and you didn't realize why, and you're wondering and like, oh shit, what did I do? I'm the type of person that's like, I need to talk to them. Hey, 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 how can I fix this? What did I do? What did I do? And if someone like, you know, just ghosts on you and shit. All you do is start, I mean, your mind goes crazy. I, I nickname all that shit fight club in my head and I can't get out of it. And I'm just fucking beat myself up. Right. But, um, you know, and the other part of that is your work situation. You think you have, you know, you have a, you have a sidekick, you have a partner, you have a colleague, you have a, whatever you want to call them. Um, and you're kicking ass together and you're, and you're, and you're doing something you're both proud of or something like that. Um, I, you know, I left the corporate world for a reason. Um, it was nasty and ugly and and many faces. I thought touring in the music industry was nasty (laughs) shit. Corporate's even worse, man. So, so, you know, I, I don't know. Like there's, there's that type of type of personality that's like super directive, demanding, do it this way or the highway, you're fucked and get the fuck out of my face. Or let's, 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 uh, you know, positive reinforcement. Let's all get together, collab and make this fucking awesome. I mean, that's how I'm at the barbershop, but it just doesn't work in that type of environment. So as nice as I was to people and as giving, and I mean, I mean, jump, how high, all that kind of stupid shit that you would say analogies and whatnot. I had people trying to take me down. Like they were focusing more and, and I love that I'm able to talk about it now, but they were focusing more on trying to take me down and making me the, 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 the reason for all evil and problems that were happening in the workplace. And they weren't even focused on their own goals, right? Which is your livelihood and your job. 
and still got away with things. <sighs> and it was, I was just not, a, I, I mean, a uh, ticket back. I, there's, there's no real words that can describe, describe what that was like, but you get it. You know what right. I mean? Totally. And, and <laughs> there's, I don't know, man. I don't know if I ever saw any of the people that did that to me. Uh, and they, and, and now they know that I know, um, I don't know, man. I don't know how that would go. I don't know. How, I, just like you, you don't, you know, yeah. you would want, you would want a good resolution out of that. You would want something positive. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just don't yeah. know. Same, same. And that, and that uncertainty kind of really sucks because it does. Um, it does. You, you foster good relationships and I'm certainly far from perfect, but I'm very open and honest about my shortcomings. And I genuinely thought that everything was cool and that we could part on good terms, even though some shitty things have been done and said on both sides. And then since then, just this other, this other person just seems hell bent on telling everybody what a shitty person I am, shitty leader. I am shitty father. I am shitty husband. I was, yeah, and I just, man. I just don't get it. I'm like, are you like, why? I don't understand what, it. What does that bring you? Yeah. Like what, what pleasure do you right. get out of that? Like what kind of, what kind of, what caliber of person does it take to go out of their way to be that person? I yeah. Just, I, I can't contemplate it in my head and, and, and you're doing a show, something you're proud of. It's your gift. Like it's your craft and you're not half-assing it. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet you're giving yeah. it your fucking all. And all of a sudden yeah. you got this, this, this entity of a person just trying to just destroy you. Like why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I don't, man. Well, yeah, a lot of times it, it comes back to their own insecurities, you know, exactly. and you know, and jealousy maybe, I, but yeah. still, I, I just I, I could never have that much hate, jealousy in like envy or whatever. I'm just it, I'm just like maybe I'm ignorant to that or I just don't have that in my head. But I just I don't get it, man. No. I don't get it. Well, one word, Drew, one one word you said that stuck out to me. And, you know, it, it's it's such a, a simple word, but one of the hardest things in the world to find. And that's closure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it if is. you don't have closure on anything in your life it's gonna it's gonna bug the shit out of you and it's yep. good it's gonna haunt you uh you know and i know you know speaking from experience with me you know the way my radio career ended i didn't want to go out like that because it was very similar to what brandon was just talking about and what you alluded to about you know people sabotaging and you know going into business for themselves and you know twisting things and this and that and the other and you know I, i'm a big believer in things don't things aren't always the way they appear but in the end the truth comes out um, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that, but you know, I've never found closure on that situation and it's been almost six years now and <laughs> you know, it's every, every day it, it, it just haunts me. And every time somebody mentions my old radio station, I just cringe <laughs> because it was, it was pure hell. And you know, with the position I was in, you know, kind of a, a mid management guy, I, I saw and caught both ends of it. So I knew a lot of things that a lot of people didn't know, but I couldn't say anything about it because it wasn't my place. You know, yeah, so it, it, it's, a, it. you know, closure is a tough spot and, you know, whether it's relationships or, you know, something professionally, you know, everybody's different and trying to find that closure is just so hard sometimes. Isn't it weird too, that we know that and we, we have the power to give ourselves closure. Like we really do. Like if we were to just decide, okay, I'm done with that. There's nothing I can do. It's unresolved conflict. I'm going to write it off two tears in a bucket. Mother fuck it. We know those things <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because of the way that we're wired. We, we literally can't stop thinking about those very things that haunt us, which I, I don't know what that means. 
No, I don't. And you know what? It's it's the same thing I was saying, like uh, I, many years ago, I, I just, I, you know, I was in therapy talking about how I should create boundaries, um, you know, trying to figure out what was contributing to my crippling anxiety, my depressive states and and my fight clubs when I got home after work and all that kind of shit. And I got to a point where, you know, my therapist was like, you know, what? like if the boundaries aren't working, this isn't working, this isn't working, like cut ties, like remove yep. yourself. And that's when I had to make peace with, uh, with, uh, you know, my parental situation. And as much as it's like, I, I feel a lot better that I don't have to deal with the struggles and the toxicity that, that surrounded that whole problem. Um, and, 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 and what it did to me and how it brought me down. I don't go through that anymore, but dude, I, I have a problem with nightmares. I mean, this past week, I feel like every nightmare I've had is me having to go back home and live with my parents. I don't know. It's really weird, but like, but, but I can't, and and it sucks. It's like crippling because I can't get out of them. And I'm like, they're so vivid, but I'm trying to get out because I know I'm sleeping or not sleeping or just dozing or something, whatever it is. Um, And I, I mean, you know, uh, people that got COVID and stuff like that, that had to go through the nightmare stuff like if i got it man i wouldn't have known because i have nightmares pretty much every single night which is maybe something i should talk to somebody about but (laughs) i don't know just how it is (laughs) i'm like oh i'm happy man i mean we're good we're good oh fuck man that dream (laughs) (laughs) yeah i never i never tried to look up the meaning of dreams either because that'll that'll fuck you up even more oh man that's like that's like when like you got a little pinch and you're you know like like your side or your stomach you think it's appendix you google it and it brings up and you're like next thing you know like you have irritable bowel cancer and (laughs) and like you know all this shit and and you i mean google doesn't diagnose shit man so like same same thing yeah, Dr. Google is the absolute worst doctor on the fucking planet, man. Don't worry. Worst. 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 Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Mental health. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's funny. Well, guys, you know, Drew's been so gracious with his time. We're not going to keep him any longer. You can find him every weekday, Monday through Friday. 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern on 1025 The Bone locally here in Tampa. Of course, uh, you can listen to them uh, on, online at, what is it, 1025thebone.com, probably? Uh, Theboneonline.com. Theboneonline.com. <laughs> um, you can also find them on you know the iHeartRadio app, which they're the evil empire, but he's there anyways. Uh, <laughs> you know, tune in radio. Anywhere anywhere you can stream radio stations, you can find them there, and you know, I highly suggest you guys check them out. Um, he's one of the very few radio shows that I even listen to anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of this guy's work, and, and hopefully we uh, get to break bread and have uh, have a beer soon. I would I would love that. Yeah, man, we'll find a bar with 50 percent capacity, sit two stools apart from each other, and uh, and have a beverage or two. I really enjoyed this, Brandon Jerry. Thanks a lot, man. That was a lot of fun. Man, thank you, thank you, Drew. You're thank awesome. You. We appreciate it. And guys, until next week, uh, take care of yourselves, and don't forget the hashtag. Get it out. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, 
Radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans. Experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry. Pro wrestling personality David Penzer. MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. And strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crushell. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. Thank you.